Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. And hello everybody, welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. Just so happens I am Jay Madison, uh, the guy with the name here in the title or something like that. Uh, but more importantly, I've got Ron Robbins uh, sitting across the desk from me. How you doing, Ron? I am doing great, Jay. Good to be here on this beautiful day. Yeah, and Ron and I are the hosts of the show. So I just, I've got my name in the title. He's the guy that has all the... The brains behind the operation. Well, so. don't go that far. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much for uh, doing this, sir. It's very appreciated. And uh, uh, we had a pretty good response to last week's uh, yeah, episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Geez, I got comments from all over the country about last week's show. Really? And, uh, Nobody from all over the country gets in touch with me. <laughs> I'm getting a little jealous here. We got to do something about this. No, that last week's segment was really good. I was very happy to have uh, our two guests from the Midwest on. In fact, uh, we'll try to bring them back and kind of do some follow-up here in the near yeah. future, and they both would be more than willing to do that. So. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was great. And, um, you know, it was it was good to have them on board. Uh, really appreciate that. If they, can ever, if they can ever do that again, yeah, we'd love to have them. And I'm just trying to see, okay, that's not the call we were hoping for. Oh, so. okay. Actually, it was Governor Ron DeSantis sending me a message. He doesn't normally text me is what this is. Oh, okay. But he, he wants to let me know that he needs money. Okay. <laughs> so it is election season. Yeah. Well. I get Republicans, I get Democrats, they all want my money, and I don't have any to yeah, give them. Yeah, that, that money supply is drying up fast, right? <laughs> so. I don't even know how they got this number this year. It's 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 crazy. I I didn't get these last time, but man, this year Ron DeSantis and some other guy Ron Johnson and yeah. and just all kinds of people. It's like, uh, well, your name's on a list somewhere, Jay. Let's yeah. just hope it's a good list. Uh, well, I doubt that. I doubt that. But anyways, yeah, that episode last week uh, was was a lot of fun. Um, I had one person who's a regular listener to the show uh, get in touch with me and say, everybody should hear what you and the other two gentlemen were saying about you know the, the situation out there with agriculture, with our food supply, and so on. It's important for everybody to be aware of that. And you know, our topic here in a little bit that we're going to talk about today, the farm labor uh, issue, um, it certainly plays into that, but we don't want to go there quite yet. Um, yep. Now, let's see. Harvest has begun. Yeah, so around the North Country, uh, harvest is in full swing on dairy farms. Uh, corn silage harvest really got rolling, I think, this week. We started on Sunday just to kind of put our foot out there and get the bugs worked out of things and then got rolling hard on Monday. Um now, how many people do you uh, employ during this time? Do you have any idea? Yeah, so just on the crop side right now, this time of year, we have a lot of, of seasonal part-time help. That uh, We have some retirees that uh, 
that pop back in uh, and for us during harvest season, and they also work during planting season in the spring. But, you know, the crop side alone, we're up around 25 right now. 25 people? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that doesn't include what's on the dairy side or on the farm tourism side. So that's just guys running equipment and driving trucks. And uh, so it's a, it's actually, I was, I was thinking the other morning, you know, we, uh, five o'clock in the morning, I, I drag myself out of bed and I think, man, a lot of moving parts, a lot of stress, uh, safety, of course, we had a pre-harvest meeting and it was really pleasing that the employees, uh, piped up and said safety was the number one priority. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was really pleasing to hear. And because that's my biggest worry when you have all this equipment, all these trucks running and there's just a lot of risk. And, uh, so we, uh, but we try to keep everybody, uh, hydrated and fed and make sure they get breaks and, uh, got a couple older gentlemen that we make sure somebody takes over for them we get them out of there uh you know late afternoon what time uh like during the harvest season ron what will be your hours of operation generally yeah so we try to be at the shop at 6 a.m uh we try to be in the field our goal is to have the first load of silage headed to the bunk by 7 30 but there's a lot of prep that has to happen we try to do a little bit the night before uh, but you have, uh, you know, you finish you finish the evening. A lot of times everybody's tired, so we try to do it in the morning. We have to blow everything down. Uh, of course, all the dust and all the dry leaves and everything collects. And uh, so we have to blow everything down. We have to fuel. We have to grease. Clean windows. Um, you know, windows get all smeared and dirty and dusty. So we, So that's first order of business in the morning and then we head to the field and then last night it was about 8 30 we try to wrap up you know by dark um we bought pizza for everybody last night around 5 30 and uh and then you know that must be a lot of pizza yeah holy yeah. cow and with the Half prices of pizza, load. <laughs> with, with the prices of pizza right now that's gotta yeah. be expensive yeah and then we keep a big cooler there uh, where the trucks unload at the at what, what we call the bunks where the silage is packed. And uh, so we keep lots of water. And, uh, yeah, so it's uh, a lot of moving parts. So not only are we in the harvest season, but we're also planting wheat as well, winter wheat. We've talked about that on previous shows. So right. as soon as the corn is harvested, we come right back through and uh, plant wheat, and that acts as a cover crop, and also it's a crop that'll be harvested next uh, summer. Huh. I mean, that, uh, you know, a lot of folks, you know, just don't understand this, the um, the total, what's the word I'm looking for, the total breadth of the operation during these planting and harvesting times. You know, you've got 25 people, you said. Yeah. Uh, working from basically six o'clock in the morning till eight thirty at night. You've got to feed them. You've got to keep them moving. You've got to, and I mean, you posted up on your Facebook page about the safety meeting uh, that you're right. having to plan the harvest out and stuff. You know, people just don't they don't quite see farming 
uh, the way they might see some other manufacturing operation or something right, like that. Right. And it's important to share that information. It's, it's great having you on the show for that purpose. Uh, and you're you're only one of many farms that do the exact same thing this time of year. Yeah, I mean, we're just a, a, a cog in a big wheel. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, uh, my daughter put up on Facebook yesterday about, you know, being aware of equipment on the road and trucks right. uh, making you know, pulling in and pulling out of fields. So, you know, that's a big concern. We talked to all of our guys about, uh, you know, being cautious at intersections, people, you know, not paying attention and running a stop sign or whatever. Uh, we make sure, you know, they stay off their phones. We have radios so we can all communicate. And um, so it's, we do what we can. And you just, like I said, you get up in the morning, you just kind of say a prayer that, uh Everything's going to go fine, and everybody finishes the day and goes home safely. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's a significant operation, and lots of moving parts, lots of money going, uh, being put into it, and uh, the end result is our food supply, uh, yeah. which is so important, so important. Yeah, and we're blowing through, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to blow through 1,000 gallons of diesel fuel a day right now. <laughs> no. Wow! At five dollars, yeah. Well, four twenty for off-road diesel, but some of the trucks have to have on-road diesel. So, yeah. And that's that's all in one day. Yeah, a thousand gallons of yeah. diesel fuel in one day. Yeah, which at four twenty, so you're talking uh, four thousand dollars in, in yeah. fuel expenses yeah. alone every day. And how many days will harvest last? Uh, it'll go thirty days. Damn, that's a lot of money yeah. in diesel fuel. Yep. Jeepers. I mean, again, people don't know. They don't know what it takes to do all of this. So, uh, Yeah, we, we said it Sunday when we started. I said, just keep in mind, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And yep. Uh, yep. Yep. we'll, we'll make it happen. Important. Very important. Very important. <laughs> So, so Ron, with all of that said, you know, you, you were talking about you've got 25 people. They're going to be working, you know, basically 12, 14 hours a yeah. day. This, this issue with uh, what the uh, Farm Labor Wage Board here in New York State has recommended on uh, overtime pay, right now that threshold is at 60 hours a week. I'm assuming you hit that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. going to pay overtime. Oh, yeah. We've been paying overtime. Yep. And we had actually <clears throat> paid overtime prior to uh, even that law being implemented. Over oh, really? 60 hours. We, we didn't do time and a half, but we did pay, you know, additional wages over 60 hours. But that doesn't make sense because New York State is saying you didn't treat your employees fairly. Well, New York State, uh, unfortunately, is a little disconnected from reality. And, and unfortunately, all the testimony and all the surveys that were presented in this whole process, uh, they paid absolutely zero attention to. And they focused only on the, the agenda they had mapped out. Yeah, and that's and, a political agenda. Yeah, and uh, and it's all about them collecting more taxes from employees. It's now, what all do you about mean by money. that? Uh, how, wh- Explain that. I mean, does so you think, in your opinion, you think that this is beneficial to the state because it will increase the amount of taxes they collect? Certainly, it increases the amount of revenue. Everything is a percentage of gross wages unemployment insurance, workers' comp, um, 
federal or state withholding. It's it's all a percentage of gross wages. So they they're increasing tax revenue, and the poor employee. When you look at the tax brackets, the more money he makes, the more they take out of them. So in the end, the employee doesn't get all of that overtime that they're That's talking about. That's absolutely the case. And the state is going to make more money, more tax revenue through this. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I mean, our workers' comp bill, it has a, a 12% state surcharge. 12% state surcharge on the work workers' comp and, that you and pay that's, in for and, insurance. And your workers' comp is based on a percentage of gross wages. So a percentage of 12% on a higher percent on a higher gross wage is a higher number. So that, that seems to make sense then. If you have to pay time and a half <laughs> for every hour that an employee works over 60 hours at this moment, then that's significantly more tax revenue that the state is going to receive uh, because they're forcing you to do that. Yes. Yeah, and you know, this issue, you know, I know a lot of people would say, you know, well, farmers, what they don't need a break. You know, why can't they be like everybody else? Everybody else is overtime, time and a half after 40 hours. And I understand some of that. Uh, but when you look at, our harvest season, for instance. It's a very finite time frame that we have to get a lot done in a short amount of time. We can't put off today until tomorrow just because we, you know, we're gonna shut down at, you know, work nine to five and then say, well, we'll just pick up tomorrow. We just don't have that luxury. This has to happen in a finite amount of time. Weather is the big impact. Corn gets too dry, then the feed value goes down. So we're constantly monitoring dry matter of, of the f feed that we're chopping. We're moving from farm to feed, you know, from farm to farm and monitoring that dry matter to make sure it's accurate and uh, make sure it's at optimal, as optimal as we can get it. But if we mess around, I mean, we went through a drought here this summer and, you know, we have the challenge this year of a lot of inconsistency in dry matter, even inconsistency within a field. Wow. And uh, so we got to be really careful about that because that's feed that we're going to feed our cows for the next 16 months. So that, that, doesn't, that impacts our bottom line for a long, long time. So, you know, the whole concept of you can't put off until tomorrow what you don't get done today. Like, you know, when a factory shuts down, you turn the lights off and go home and whatever happens the next day happens the next day. Yeah, you just pick it up from there. Yeah. But we don't have that luxury. The other every day that goes by, you're potentially losing we're part losing of that value. Yes. So you don't have the luxury of of saying, "Okay, uh, we'll we'll you know it's forty hours. We're not going to pay any overtime today. We'll just start over tomorrow and pick up from there because the crop could be past the point where it's of value, and it would be past the point of value. I mean, it's just in this part of the country. Uh, it's like that everywhere, but, uh, you know, we don't have that luxury of just saying, we'll we'll just do this tomorrow. I mean, the quality could go to the point where, you know, our milk production could suffer, which ultimately is income for the next 16 months. And, you know, so that's one big difference. The other big difference is when we sell milk, it's, it's you know, it's a complicated pricing system, which we've talked about on this show prior. 
for regular listeners, and it's not set by us. You know, there's a lot of federally regulated policies involved in milk pricing. Um, so you you can't go to somebody and say, hey, would you increase the price I'm going to be paid for my milk to help me cover the expense of overtime? Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you actually don't find out about the price you're going to get paid for your milk until what thirty days after? Ah, uh, it could be as uh, could be as much as fifty days. So the the milk you produce on the first of the month, you won't find out until the twentieth of the following month what you're going to get paid for. Yeah. So that first few days of the month, you're fifty days, and then it starts counting down. Obviously, it's only twenty days from the last day of the month. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I had a conversation with a, um, a, a television personality a couple of years ago about all of this. And, and, and he was saying, well, we have to pay overtime to our reporters. Why shouldn't the farm, exactly what you said, why shouldn't the farm have to pay overtime? And I said to that te- television personality, I said, well, do you have the opportunity to sell more television advertising and do you have the opportunity to increase your prices on those ads to help you cover that additional expense? And he said, yeah, to a degree. I said, the farms don't. Right. The farms, they can't, yeah, they can make more milk, but that actually will drive down the price yeah. of the milk. That's counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. And they can't change the price of what they're getting, and they won't even find out what that price is until well after they ship that milk out. It's left the farm. That's correct. So there's there's just these, you know, dramatic differences that segregate agriculture. And let's face it, we're talking about this impacts consumers because this we're talking about the food supply. Right. And we've talked about the food supply time and time again on this podcast. And it's something that I think we gotta keep talking about because number one, we as we talked last week, it's in jeopardy. It absolutely is. And, and this isn't helping any. No. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm very, very disappointed in how this all came down. Um, you know, obviously this decision was made and the process of hearings and everything else was just a, a, a joke. Do- a dog and pony show. Yep. And, uh, you know, and I really... I really feel, Jay, and this is my personal opinion, not the opinion of the Ag Development Corporation. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But we need to start holding people accountable for these decisions. And, you know, I'm very disappointed in our commissioner of Ag. He's been deathly silent. He's been crickets on this issue. And obviously, you know, he works for the governor. The governor's supporting this. You know, and she's got some cockamamie. Uh, well, uh, the other day the governor was saying, well, this is actually going to attract more workers into New York State. <laughs> That's not the case. They're they're going to be packing up and leaving because. Well, no, she said that this is going to attract more workers because they'll get to earn uh, overtime. That this is going to attract more workers to New York State. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen because, number one, um, we're going to have to figure out a way to, to minimize the overtime, which is going to be really difficult. And in fact, in some cases, it's going to cause farms to close, period. 
So nobody's going to come to work at a farm that no longer exists. Right. So I don't know how she figures that's going to increase employees. And then we're going to do everything we can to minimize overtime. And we have a lot of employees that they depend on working a lot of hours. So, you know, we start limiting their hours. They're going to look elsewhere. They're going to look to Pennsylvania, Ohio, you know, Michigan, Um I'm going to say, I don't want to work here anymore. And that is something that, you know, that I have shared with people that, for example, the the Hispanic workers, the foreign workers that come here um, legally, illegally, whatever, um, they come here to work on our farms, uh, especially on the dairy side of things. The, you know, the studies, there's been two different studies done by Cornell University. One was in the early 2000s, and I think the last one was 2007, yeah. 2017. In both cases, they surveyed a, a large number of Hispanic workers on farms, and those Hispanic workers said, we want to work 60 hours or more a week. Right. They're here, they come here to work, they're sending the money back home, and they they really can't do much else, so they come here. They to don't work. come here to enjoy the weather in the middle of no, January. No, no, <laughs> um, so they they they're here to work, and now we're we're putting in place a system that may eliminate that opportunity for those workers. And what do we do to replace them? Well, we certainly know that you know local folks aren't really interested in milking cows. That's yeah. been our yeah. experience. You know, you can say all you want. We'll train them. We'll use this. We'll use that. Guess what? We've tried those things. And overall, it doesn't work. Local folks tend to not want to milk cows. So we really count on, uh, you know, these Hispanic workers or, or other folks to come in and, and milk the cows for us. And if we take away the hours because we can't afford to pay the overtime, uh, if we take away the hours, they're going to go to the other states that don't have this Mm -hmm. yet. So the threat is not that we're going to see people coming into New York State to work. The threat is they're going to leave New York State because they're not going to get the hours they want. Yeah, and I think think there's an additional big threat of, of... We're in a time, Jay, of massive consolidation in agricultural anyway. A lot of small farms are not able to compete. They're, they're going out of business. You're seeing farms consolidate, getting bigger. They're going to be able to adapt new technologies like robotics and other things. And, you know, that just, so you're going to see farms go out of business altogether. You're going to see farms consolidate and, and adapt new technologies that decreases their needs for labor. And ultimately, uh, that's going to impact the workers themselves. Yep. So, um, yeah, this, this is just super misguided policy. It's, it's, it reeks of all kinds of misinformation, uh, uh, agendas that, you know, were put forth by people who, don't have the best interest of farmers and consumers in mind. They or only the have workers. Yeah, they say they do, but they, they don't. don't. And so it's misguided policy. It's it's, I'm, and that's where I'm really disappointed is that, and farmers in good faith turned out 
farmers, farm workers, massive amounts of farm workers turned out and provided testimony to this so-called commission. Against the overtime yes. threshold changing. Yes, by 80-some percent. Yeah, 80% of the, if I, if I remember correctly, and don't quote me on this, folks, uh, this is off the top of my head, which is always a dangerous place. Uh, 80% of the farm workers that testified at these hearings testified against changing the overtime threshold down to 40 hours. 20% were for it. That's farm workers. Now, again, I might be off on those numbers. Now, and, and, and you know, we have, a, we have an Hispanic dairy manager. He is a U.S. citizen. He just got his citizenship about, about nine months ago. Um, he volunteered to testify. Oh, really? He came to us and said, I want to testify on behalf of my workers. Really? Wow, that's, that's awesome. And, and yet they didn't listen to him. So, and that's where I get frustrated with with our commissioner of ag, uh, you know, of not standing up to the governor and saying, you know, I know I work for you, but, you know, we got to get in a room and figure this out because this is just blatant bad policy. And it's, it's another extreme ideologic, you know, ideal, ideal, yeah, ideological uh, <laughs> um, proposal that, that hurts everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I, you know, you just have to shake your head sometimes and say, why, why are we doing this? You know, and, and, you know, why is it government's role to set wages when the marketplace really is doing a pretty phenomenal job right. of setting wages, wage rates have gone up substantially as workforce numbers have dwindled. Yeah. Post COVID, you know, during COVID, now post COVID, um, the marketplace is doing a fantastic job of of uh, figuring out supply and demand, and 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 let's face it, these workers. If they don't like working for me, they got plenty of other options. They move. Yeah. They don't stay in one spot. And uh, so the marketplace, you know, is is dictating wage rates. What role does government have, is my big question, in getting involved in this anyway? Yeah. And I even raised the issue earlier to Jay here. You know, it's we're impacting interstate commerce here. We're putting New York at a competitive disadvantage to and, and we're ultimately impacting consumers on a regional basis. Right. And that's one thing we should point out, Ron. And I am talking with Ron Robbins, co-host of the show, and he's a partner at North Harbor Dairy Farms, Robbins Family Grain, and Old McDonald's Farm. Um, that's the other thing we should point out is that the competitive disadvantage comes in that many states around us do not have this uh, overtime right. threshold. And their minimum wage thresh uh, price is much lower than ours. Right. So not only are we facing you know uh, a 40-hour work week overtime threshold, but we're also looking at higher minimum wages, which also put us at a competitive disadvantage to other states around us. Um, so both of those are having a negative impact on our agricultural industry here in New York State. 
And when you really look at the timing of all this, too, really reeks as well, Jay. Here it is, you know, the week after Labor Day. Uh, harvest is in full swing, not just on dairy farms, but you've got apple farms, vegetable farms, grain farms, you know, grape operations. Harvest is in full swing across the state, and, and they dump they, this. Yeah. Yeah. I said that to the anchor of our local news station. He called me 7.30 yesterday morning to uh, talk to me about this. And I told him, I said, you know, the, the thing, because he was asking me if there would be any protests, rallies, or anything like that. And I said, the problem is the timing that they chose to do this is right in the middle of harvest. Everybody's gearing up for harvest they're very, very busy. It's the most critical time of the year, and that's when the state made, yeah. you know, had this decision to uh, forward the recommendations. And he he said to me, he said, oh. Yeah, well. Yeah. Sort there's of, a lot of substance to that. Sort of interesting, the timing of it. And I, you know, and I think it's time maybe that, you know, I, I know it's difficult, and I may be labeled somewhat of a, re- a rebel sometimes, Jay. But, uh, <laughs> Uh-oh, here we go. I'm <laughs> in know. trouble. No, I just think it's time to throw off the gloves here and 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 start doing battle. We've been nice with Figuratively. Some, yeah. Yes. Uh, everybody gets it. you got to remember everybody yeah, gets it yeah, all. Yeah, uh, I guess. But, yeah. uh, you know, um, Albany is, you know, they, they've really done a disservice, not just to agriculture here, but, you know, business as a whole in the state. And, and for some reason, we continue, I mean, and a lot of it's downstate pressure, we continue to elect these people that continually treat us very badly. Yeah. Um, but somehow we have to fire a shot over the bow to say, we're not going to take this anymore, you know. And if it's legal challenges, whatever, I think something has to be done yeah. that really gets people's attention here and uh, kind of, you know, says, hey, you know, you keep this up and, you know. You're driving us out of business. Yeah. And we can't take it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, So, I don't know. I mean, you know, I think our industry, ag especially, is really built on, you know, uh, this idea of, of, you know, coming together and, and trying to come to mutual solutions to problems. And that's how it, it went on. And I, got, I was involved in politics for a long, long time. And it just seemed like the environment was so much different then. People could talk to one another and politicians from both sides of the aisle would talk to one another. And there wasn't this kind of divisive policies that just you know, really pit one segment against another. Right. And, you know, the fact that they have to shove it down your throat. Absolutely. When the industry's saying no, 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 and they're still shoving it down your and throat. And the workers are saying no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's like, okay, you know, who are you? So, obviously, you had your mind made up. Obviously, it was somebody else's agenda, and it wasn't to help the workers. So, yeah. That's where I'm coming from. from now, this, one last question I have for you is uh, Governor Hochul has proposed this uh, uh, farm wage tax credit thing to try and make up for this, which, you know, just flies in the face. Okay, why is that necessary? Because you know this is going to hurt agriculture. Yeah. You know, so what, what, 
it, so, whatever uh, awareness you have of that, what is that going to do? Well, first off, I mean, if I was a consumer and a taxpayer in New York, I'd be kind of upset about having to have my tax dollars go to. Oh, that's um, okay. Uh, <laughs> I heard a cell phone, phone buzz buzzing here. someplace. And, uh, but having my tax dollars go to, you know, to support these kind of policies. So that number one, now grant, you know, so, and at the same time, you're going to see food costs go up. So the consumer is going to have a double whammy here. They're going to pay more for food and, and their tax dollars are going to support these policies. And secondly, I mean, we got to come up with the money up front. Then you file your income tax. Okay, you get a tax credit. Um, uh, whoopie-doo. Yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, you'll get the money afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it's all about cash flowing and operation budgeting. I mean, it's it's not easy. And, yeah, I just, I think that's a, a gimmick, a scheme. Um, and then how long will that continue? Yeah. Well, and that's another danger of it is how long will it continue? Yeah. All of a sudden we're in a big budget deficit. Yeah. You know, we still got leftover money from COVID and everything else here from, you know, COVID, uh, federal money. It's all fun and games right now. But, yeah. So, Let's end the show on a positive note. Yeah, Old oh McDonald's boy. Farm. We're going to switch gears here because we're, we're coming to a close here. Old McDonald's Farm, the, the fall season is fantastic out there. Uh, what yeah. are some of the things going on? So we got our last weekend of the Sunflower Festival going on this weekend. Um, it's been awesome. The weather's been good. The sunflowers are beautiful. Seeker Garden looks uh, tremendous. Um, so... I mean, even I, I drive out there in the morning because that, that gives me a pick-me-up. <laughs> and uh, with all this stuff going on around the world, it's like, okay, there's yeah. some real beauty. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, But we got that going on. We're picking pumpkins. We're, uh, we're getting set up. The corn maze is, is opening this weekend. Officially. I saw the corn ma- a picture of the corn maze. Yeah. That is really cool. A Wizard of Oz theme. Yeah. And so, That's neat. And the corn maze is planted with uh, precision ag, so the characters of Wizard of Oz and the Yellow Brick Road was all designed and overlaid over a satellite map, and the seeds were planted, and and the outline is there. Yeah, so, no, it, it, the picture of it, I was like, wow, that is so neat. Yeah, so uh, so everybody's busy there, and uh, of course the grandkids went back to school, and uh, yeah. So. Yeah, the kids are back to school, and the other uh, the other thing, Burville Cider Mill is open. So if you want some fantastic apple cider, you've got you know their apple cider, their cider donuts. The cream cheese festival will be coming soon yeah. over yeah. in Lewis County. Um, just a great time for agriculture as far as being able to celebrate with all of the things that are you know coming into season and you know the harvest and all of that. Unfortunately, there's some things that. Uh, override that as far as uh, and that's what makes issues. it makes it so so hard to swallow is that we have so much going for us here in the right. region. Right. You know the wineries are in full swing. Um, you know the the leaves, the river. Um, we just got a lot going for us. It's just if they just leave us alone, we'd be great. But no, we're we're excited about the fall. Uh, harvest is okay. We, you know, got hurt a little bit with the drought, but uh, we're going to do fine. And uh, you know, we always live to fight another day. Hopefully. 
Well, and that's the important part. Well, folks, we've got to wrap up. Ron, thank you very much. Uh, You've been listening to Ron Robbins, and I'm Jay Madison, your host, and we really appreciate you tuning in every week to Jay Madison's Rural America. You all go out, enjoy the agricultural industry, grab some great local food, and just have a fantastic rest of the week, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Jay Madison's Rural America. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.